All right, everyone, welcome back to this edition of Caught Looking. We are thrilled to have you here on your favorite uh, podcasting platform. I'm Bryant Adams. They are Hunter Doucette and Jacob Adams. And today we are joined by a special guest and pitcher in the Colorado's Rocky organization, Colorado Rockies organization, Ryan Rawlson. Rolo, welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate welcome. it. Big warm welcome for Ron. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, okay, so uh, we're just going to ask a few questions and, and just kind of answer. I want it to be like conversational. So let's okay. just talk. Um, so I know, you know, you were a, a pretty big uh, draft prospect coming out of high school. And, you know, obviously you decided to come to Ole Miss. Can you kind of walk us through like that, that maybe just your senior year, like how, how things were going and like the decision making process from, you know, hey, I'm not going to take this money. I'm not going to take this deal. I'm going to go to college and, and that kind of just kind of elaborate on that for us. Yeah, um, it all came so quick because um, honestly, I was kind of a late bloomer, like in high school and kind of started getting some attention my sophomore year of high school. And then I ended up committing to, to Ole Miss my junior year. Um, and then, you know, my velo went up from there, um, started playing in some bigger tournaments, uh, some, some showcases, and then um, was really kind of on the map um, for the draft, um, you know, in 2016. Um, and then, you know, finally found a, an agent that, you know, I felt comfortable with working with and um, kind of weighing both, you know, college and pro. Uh, didn't really know a whole lot about a pro ball. Um, and then senior year um, with scouts in the, in the stands and um, having in-home visits with, you know, different clubs and telling you about, you know, kind of their minor leagues and, you know, where they're located and where all their affiliates are and just kind of learning more about it. Um, and so just going through that process, my agent and my parents did a great job of, you know, helping me, you know, understand all the information that was coming at me because as a, you know, 17-year-old kid trying to, you know. That's a lot going on. You know, yeah, yeah, for trying sure. to break down all that information. You know, they were in the room asking, you know, questions because at first I was kind of intimidated. You know, I got a, a major league scout you know, area scout in my house talking to me about, you know, trying to persuade my mind to come, you know, play, you know, professional baseball, which is everybody's dream. But right. to me, it was like, I committed Ole Miss and like, I never in a million years, would I think that I could have, you know, played in the SEC and those dreams were just coming true. And so now I'm trying to like get over that. And I've got, you know, MLB mm -hmm. scouts trying to, you know, tell me to come play bro ball and all this stuff. But, um, as time went on, I got more comfortable with it and kind of had a better idea what was going on with that and conversations with my agent. And, um, when the draft came around, we had a, a certain number that, you know, we knew that if they reach this, you know, we're going to go and sign. And if not, we're going to go to college. And so we kind of made it easy. You know, it's easy on draft day to get, you know, caught up in the hype of, you know, being picked out of high school. This guy, you know, as a high schooler, you're like, oh, I want to play in the big leagues. That's my dream. But <laughs> At the same time, you got to step back and you know look what's best for me. And um, looking back now, I, I wouldn't change a thing. So, Rolo, tell us a little bit about you know sort of that sounds a little bit like they were almost recruiting you, right, to come to uh, you know come play for you know whatever organization was that drafted you. And I can't recall who it was out of high school, but um, tell us a little bit about sort of the differences and the similarities between that quote unquote recruiting process from from college and from the pros. Yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously the, the college coaches like Coach Lafferty and Coach Bianco would, you know, be checking in with me, making sure that, the, you know, they were talking to me and making sure that I was still, 
firmly committed to them, um, you know, and then scouts coming in and, and, and trying to sell you on, you know, the pro lifestyle, which I can tell you now, looking back, the, the minor league lifestyle, you know, is, is way different from, from college baseball. Um, so it's just kind of like a pull and tug from both sides, but, uh, they both have a respect for each other. Um, but it really just comes down to the, what the kid wants. Um, and so I was lucky enough to have, um, parents and, and, and a good agent that helped me uh, decide what to do. Uh, Hey, so, okay, that's awesome. And you kind of brought up my next point. So talk to a little bit about the, um, the transition from that, from college baseball to pro ball, but, but you can even talk like lifestyle, not necessarily the game, but talk lifestyle a little bit. And then obviously the game too. Um, yeah. So in the SEC, you know, at Ole Miss, we're treated like royalty. You know, it's almost like the big leagues. It's, you know, you're flying private, you know, to everywhere we go, Texas A&M, when we take flights to Florida, you know, wherever we go, we're flying private and you pull up, you land on the, on the runway. And then, you know, Raymond's right there with the, with the bus ready to take you to, We've you know, given whatever Raymond plenty of praise on the uh, yeah. pod, <laughs> <laughs> whatever nice hotel you're staying at. Um, and so just kind of like the food is amazing. You know, you have spread before the game. That's just great. And then after the game, you come to an even bigger spread um, playing in front of, you know, 10,000 people every night in Swayze and wherever you go on the road. And then I get drafted, you know, I'm so excited. I get to pro ball and it's like our first road trip is 13 hours and <laughs> we leave. So the way it works is after the game, you know, you have a couple hours to shower and get something to eat and the clubbies will do the laundry. Um, so you're waiting around, you know, two or three hours before you're loading up the bus. The game ends at 10 o'clock. You're, you're not on the road till one o'clock in the morning. So you're on the road from one until, you know, the next morning. So you're sleep trying to sleep, you're trying to sleep on the bus and in rookie ball, there's, there's probably 30 guys on the roster, 30 to 35 guys. And we're trying to fit on one charter bus. So I remember me and Will Golson were sitting on the same bus seat, busing to Billings, Montana overnight, 13 hours. And we just looked at each other and we were just like, this ain't it. To play one game or to play a series? So it'd be a series. So we'd go there for, you know, three or four games, whatever it was. But we did have, we made it to the championship game, our rookie ball year. And we were playing uh, Great Falls, which is the White Sox rookie ball. And And this was from Grand Junction, right? Yeah, Grand Junction, Colorado. And we did a three-game set. So from Billings to – or from Great Falls to Grand Junction is about 14 hours. And they came to us for the first game. We played. They beat us. We turned around that night and followed them back to there. Oh, my gosh. We played that next night. They beat us. So we lost. And then we bust all the way back that next day, and then we flew out the next day because the season was over. Holy cow. That's a so grind. The people that don't understand kind of what – now it gets better as you go up, but rookie ball was, like, so eye-opening to me. I was like, is this worth it? Like, because I was so used to, like, you know, being treated like a king. Right. You know, the flights and the f- great food. and Yeah. You know, now we're eating frozen – you know, meatballs before the game. So can you, can you imagine being 18 years old, you know, doing that thinking, damn, I, I should have went to Ole Miss. You know? Yeah. That's, 
Well, that's why I said at the beginning, I was like, looking back, I was, it takes a special kind of kid to be ready, you know, for pro, pro ball at, you know, 17, 18 years old. And the guys that make it through, you know, I wish people could know what they, they've been through, you know, trying to get through the minor leagues. And so, um, I'm so glad that I made that decision to go to Ole Miss first, for sure. For sure. So, hey, that kind of brings up uh, a point. Um, you know, people always say uh, SEC ball is similar to double-A baseball. Uh, just kind of just hit on the transition from Ole Miss to, to pro ball in, in terms of the competition and uh, just, just the level of baseball. Yeah, so obviously the SEC is – is a different animal and all those guys are so talented and then transition transitioning from there to rookie ball it's it's just a um for me it was a bunch of younger hitters like high schoolers or guys from you know different countries coming in to play um and it was just they were so aggressive and um you know pitching in the sec and pitching in college a little bit you're able to read that so you're able to not throw as many strikes because you know they'll be chasing um so rookie ball was, you know, there's a lot of talent there, um, just kind of raw talent, if you will, um, just kind of really aggressive. Um, and then low A, kind of the same way, a little bit, you know, a little bit more mature, but still raw talent. Um, and then I would say when I got to high A was when I started, you know, seeing some really good competition. And I got I got challenged a lot in high A, especially with the uh, the atmosphere that I had to pitch in and, and Lancaster, which our high A was with, with the wind and uh, the small ballpark and all of that. But I would say, yeah, I mean, SEC would competition would probably be around high A to double A for me. Hey, Rolo, tell, that, that, that's an excellent point, too. Tell us a little bit about, you know, I mean, obviously there's such a great environment in so many of these SEC towns, right? You know, you come to, to come to Bomb Stadium in Fayetteville, there's, you know, 14,000 people in there. It's rocking, you know. Same thing at LSU, same thing at Swayze, same thing at the Dude. You know, what is there like a mental adjustment that you have to make going from, you know, pitching in front of, you know, 15,000 every night to, you know, 700 in Grand Junction, Colorado? No question. And and Grand Junction was one of the better crowds, you know, in that league. But, you know, being able to, to try to make that transition and you're throwing on a Tuesday night, you know, where no one's there, you know, it's like 100 people in the stands. Um, you kind of got to get yourself up. You know, it's not like you're, you're running on the crowd's energy and, you know, you got two strikes at Swayze Field and the whole crowd is – you know, up on their feet, you know, clapping. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, and you won't get that atmosphere that you have in the SEC until you get to the big leagues. Um, you know, these AAA parks, I mean, we did, you know, we'll have some big crowds, but it's not, you know, kind of the atmosphere that the SEC would bring. So, definitely yeah. got to get yourself up for sure. When I came and watched you last year uh, at, at Sugarland, there was probably like, 150 people there it was yep. a saturday afternoon game like it was a beautiful day oh, yeah. that's triple a. jeremy pena just kkk yeah and uh i remember that by the way yeah and uh anyway yeah that that was not a great atmosphere no for sure and I, it was so hot so rollo i want to i want to bring up a uh, a memory that me and you had on the field together. I want to see if you can, if you if you can remember this play. So LSU, uh, SEC championship. I know what you're saying. I know. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you come in the game because you'd already started the day before, two days before, and uh, we're up. I don't remember the exact situation, but it you had a you came in with the bases juiced, and there was like one out, 
and you get a you get a ground ball right to me, and I freaking boot it. Boot it. <laughs> and then you go KK. And I'm like, yeah. my boy. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Stokes was in the game. He got one out, and I came in. Um, and there might have been runners on first and second. I get a ground ball with one out to you know turn two. Jacob boots it, and then I was able. I think I went pop up, and then I went strikeout or strikeout, yeah. strikeout maybe. So the yeah, strikeout was hype. I remember that. You, were like, I, you remember how Basically. loud that stadium was, dude? That was electric. Electric. It was half and half. It was like first base side was was LSU, right side, third base side was Ole Miss. Yeah, you remember before the game when they're doing the they were doing the uh, hotty toddy, and then LSU was like, "Go oh, get chills." Tiger. Chills, dude. And we rode in on the bus to that championship game. They were LSU fans were tailgating, throwing beers at our bus at like 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is what people come to cult looking for, right? The behind the scenes of what really happened at the yeah. end of the SEC yeah. championship game. Hey, you had an opportunity to see behind the scenes on something pretty cool too, uh, as a pro. Uh, during the COVID year, you were sort of on that, uh, you know, you, you weren't on the roster, but you were, you know, sort of that one step below where there wasn't a full minor league season. And so you got to go through it, like, probably the most unusual year in, in the history of Major League Baseball. Um, just sort of, you know, walk us kind of through through what that was like and and, and the challenges of, of dealing with, you know, global pandemic and, and still trying to apply your trade. Yeah, so we actually started spring training that year. Um, I think we just got into games, um, and then, you know, they shut down. We, we heard some rumors that, you know, some teams were shutting it down and then we finally got the news that MLB as a whole shut it down. So I ended up driving home that night or a couple days later. Um, and we were kind of at a standstill for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, they had the, the alternate site, um, which our alternate site was in Denver. So I got invited out to that. So they basically had like, they had the big league team, obviously, and then they had probably, you know, 30 other guys that were there, you know, for backup or, you know, no one knew what would happen with, you know, kind of COVID if it ran rants or whatever. So we were kind of like the backup team, you know, just getting our work in. It was kind of a combination of, you know, older guys that, have, you know, had some experience and then some prospects that they they wanted they didn't want to miss a whole year of, you know, not doing anything. So I was invited to that and um, that was a cool experience. I mean, just to be in Denver for a little bit. And um, our locker room was actually like in the Pepsi Center, which is where the Nuggets and the Avalanche play. So our locker room was over there, and we would practice on, you know, a local college field. And then um, on the and when we started playing games, we'd play at Coors Field in the morning. So that was a cool experience to be able to um, kind of be able to pitch, you know, in Coors Field against competition. And um, I don't know, it was a lot of fun, so. And, and sort of while we're on that subject, and we've kind of bounced back and forth between some venues and some other different things, but you know, it's fame. Coors Field is famous for having the ball fly out of there, right? Uh, and, and, but there are some other ballparks that are that are probably comparable that you played in, sort of on the college level. Any any insight into that? Uh, I mean, yeah, the d- ball definitely flies. I gave up a fair share of uh, home runs there, but um, the biggest thing for me was just kind of how the pitches move um, at elevation. Um, my go-to pitch is, you know, my curveballs and, you know, just me trying to go out there and spin it harder. Like, I, you know, at sea level, I can really just let it go and spin it. Um, and there, the, the harder you try to spin it, the more it's just it kind of stays up. So you got to – it took an adjustment period for me to be able to just find my release point with that. 
and, and kind of set my targets lower where I'm going to start the pitch. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of big for me. Um, along with just kind of like the, the recovery there, um, just not recovering as quick, you know, with the thin air and all of that, you got to make sure that you're hydrating a ton and making sure you're getting enough sleep. So, Hey, um, so uh, some, some of you people listening may know, but most of you guys probably don't know. Uh, so the MLB draft and what, what year was that you got drafted Rolo? 18. So the MLB draft was going on while the NCAA regionals were going on. Um, so we're playing a game against Tennessee tech in Oxford an elimination game, an elimination game in our own regional, which is ridiculous in my opinion. And we have a first rounder on our team and, uh, we're going back and forth him and I just not, not the whole team. Ryan and I are going back and forth into the locker room, kind of watching the draft, get ready to go, not knowing what pick you were going to be at. Uh, it was kind of nerve wracking, but it was fun at the same time. And, uh, you know, kind of my, my question would be, how, how do you how did you manage that? And, and you know, what are your thoughts on on that? The draft kind of being like during that special time with your college teammates? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a whirlwind of emotions that night. I don't think I've ever experienced something like that and probably never will. It's um, it's a shame that they can't, you know, have it figured out where there's no games on and, and you yeah. know, players be able to have that moment with their family and their friends and teammates and whoever they want. Um, but unfortunately I, you know, we were playing, you know, during, during the draft and I think we had a double header that game or that yeah. day. Yeah. And so if we would have won the first one, then the night would have been off, but they wouldn't have pushed it back to the next day because they had to have, cause we got rained out that, that Thursday or Friday. Because right. Was, yeah. Cause it came a flood. I think our outfield was flooding. So we got canceled that night. And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, if we if we have to go to game four, then it's going to be at night. You know, just think about all these things, and you know, we're like, it's all right, let's just, not let, to think about it. Yeah, let's just win the first two, and then you know, let's go, let's host super, and we'll have draft night. You know, yeah. And so we ended up losing the first one, and then I called my agent, you know, after the game, I was like, hey. You know, we're going to have to be playing. I won't have my phone, blah, blah, blah. You know, he kind of told me a range that we were looking at. He said, you know, at 18, the Royals are really interested in you. I could see you going there. So, you know, I kind of got a ballpark where I'm going. Yeah. I know a few guys have to come off the board before I go. Um, and so we're, we're in and out of the game. And I think we're leading the game 1-0, to zero, you know, in the first few innings. And so, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm running in and out, you know, seeing if I got drafted yet. My parents are there. I'm looking up at them, you know, they're saying, I don't know. And so we're going in and out and the the 18th pick comes, which is the Royals. And then that year I knew that Brady Singer probably had to come off the board before I did. He ended up falling a little bit to 18. Um, So the Royals took him at 18 and then he never mentioned any team after that. So I'm like, I I don't know if I'm falling, if if I'm not getting drafted, like, I don't know. And so we're randomly deuces in the, in the locker room. And I had no idea. And where the Colorado Rockies come on and they say my name and my body just goes like numb. And I'm in there. I think it was you, Eric, um, and then a couple other like clubhouse guys. Yeah. And so I think at that time in the game, we had just lost the lead. We were down like three to two. And so it was just an awkward moment for me because I come out to the dugout and we just lost the lead. The team is like, you know, 
tight and I come out I'm like I, t- I remember I tapped James MacArthur on the side I said hey man I just got drafted he's like no no way really and I said yeah and I told him who, what team and then everybody started coming around and hugging me but I don't know I felt bad because yeah one like I want to be locked into the game I don't want to take away from the attention but at the same time I just that's your moment that's yeah. my moment that you know pretty much changed my life forever and like yeah and then so then the Next thing I know, I, I got a headset like in my face. I, I'm doing an interview, and it was just surreal. I mean, and then we ended up we ended up losing that game, um, and so it was just one of the saddest moments of my Which life. Was the and end then, of our season. That was the end, end of, of our season. season. Yeah. And we were um, really good that year. <laughs> oh, we were so good, and we we were going to host a super and have Texas come. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It was just most unbelievable night. It was just so many tears of like sad that I'll never get to play with these guys again. And then emotionally like so happy that, you know, that I have an opportunity to play in professional baseball. And so after that ended up, I, I had my friends and, and family, they rented out a, a restaurant there in Oxford and was able to, to recoup and then go over there and celebrate the night. But, um, yeah. we had a good time. I remember yeah, that we as well. I remember most of that night. Yeah. Well, guys, as we uh, as we kind of get ready to wind down here a little bit, uh, Rolo, why don't you leave us with just a couple of a uh, couple of your best memories from from college baseball and and what it means to be a you know kind of the guy on a college baseball team? Oh, uh, it, it probably depends whether, how the outing went um, with <laughs> where, where where I think is the best place to play. But um, I don't know. I, definitely, my number one. Um, experience at Ole Miss was the SEC tournament um, and then you know beating LSU in the championship and being able to be a part of that game by coming out of the pen the first time you know I've come out of pen since then um, it was an awesome experience just to have that kind of atmosphere and um, you know beat our travel of ours Um, we had a bunch of good memories I mean I liked uh, the Nashville trip was a lot of fun Um, yeah Played in Nashville against Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know. You can't go wrong, really, with any SEC park you go to. It's going to be a. It seemed like every weekend we had we had a good time. You know, as long as we won a couple of games, we were yeah. having a good time and just kind of enjoying. We had a good team. You know, like we had a good. Uh, everybody had good relationships. It all felt like felt like we were family. We hung yeah. out when we weren't at the baseball field, and when we were, it was all business, and we had a good time. Yeah. I really enjoyed. enjoyed being around you man yeah and as far as like coming in you know having a lot of attention around me coming into my sophomore year is you know as easy as it is not to talk about and like say that you're not thinking about it it was tough for me honestly like going through some anxiety and you know stuff every time I took the ball because there's so much I felt like there was so much pressure like every time I took the ball I was supposed to do this um and I feel like a few outings you know went south on me just because you know I'm pressing too much and not trying to be myself. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt and go out there and have fun. And that's what, that's what it's all about is going out there and doing everything you can. And, um, you can't control the outcome. You can, you can control your preparation, um, and how you deliver the pitch. And other than that, it's out of your control. So that's right. Well, Ryan Rawlson, we uh, certainly appreciate your time and, and, uh, and, and everything that you've, uh, you've given uh, to the game of baseball. And, and so we're, we're thankful to have spent a few minutes with you here tonight and, and uh, all the listeners out here, uh, more of this to come in the future. And uh, so we, we appreciate you for listening. 
Rolo, we appreciate you for being with us, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, appreciate Rolo. you guys. Thanks for having me.